0: Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at
1: this time. Am I the only one who thinks this is totally insane? Rob, we're fighting theological injustice here.
0: They're not using just weights and measures.
1: He said we have 50 listeners. I think he's being generous. Read your Bible as interpreted by experts.
0: Rob, are you as shocked as I am? It's nonsense. If you've given any money to this, you need to complain. You ask for your money back.
1: I don't know about you, but I find this annoying. What up and shalom? Welcome to the Robin Caleb Show. If you don't know who I am by now,
0: you don't know who he is. Yeah. Caleb, two things. (laughs) Then welcome. (laughs) Yeah, what's up? Two things. Okay. One thing. Thing number one. Can we go retro some week and like do the all aboard thing? Not to not this week, but like down the road. You want to start again? No, I mean like no 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 no. That's just one thing. Not today, because we got a lot of stuff to talk to. So like just randomly do an all aboard one uh, uh, intro maybe next week or down the road. Hang on just a sec, brother.
1: You know, I. No, but I have. I, I, but number I, I, hear, I hear what you're throwing down.
0: Thing number two. Okay. I reserve the right to say measure instead of measure. Measure. I grew up. major It's like ba- like a bag of groceries, not a bag of groceries. Okay. And I know I catch flack on it, but you know what? I'm okay with that. Okay, hang on. Here we go. Can you hang up and try again? Torah Resource presents The Rob and Caleb Show
1: All aboard!
0: And now, there it from is. two sides of the same state Here they are Rob and Caleb
1: Ask and you shall receive, friend See the nice thing about me having all this stuff organized now is that I can find stuff somewhat quickly.
0: Do you think I'm going to go? Uh, okay, since we're on the music kick, am I going to go off today? <laughs> yeah, probably. So should we just play it? And get out of the way? No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> we'll wait for it. We've had technical difficulties, by the way.
0: We're getting this scratchy. Uh, yeah,
1: it keeps coming in and out. I I apologize for that. It's uh, I don't know what I don't know what to do about it. It's logic. Ever since I upgraded my uh, operating system to El Capitan, which has to be the worst operating system put out by Mac ever, Uh, I don't know what those guys are doing, man. Steve Jobs, uh, he's rolling in his grave. Okay,
0: so... I think they cremated him.
1: Did they? Then he's rolling in the... Wasn't he
0: like Buddhist or something? I don't know. Like a Zen master? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: don't know. Wow. Wow. Okay, let's uh let's get to it. Let's get to it. What up and Shalom to everybody out there. Uh, I should mention a couple of things. We got some interesting things going on at Torah Resource. Uh, recently, um and one of those things is Well, first let's get the uh let's get the credits out of the way. Uh our programming is due to that guy Gary Springer. Thank you, Gary, for uh for uh, you know,
0: programming. Torah Resource. Radio. asking. Gary's asking. Do you have elevator music like in cue like you're <laughs> supposed to? <laughs> Never mind. I just I just thought
1: that was a funny thing to ask. Anyway, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, and also doing all of our web stuff, and of course the chat room. Mark Randall. And uh all this is brought to you by TorahResource.com. You can find all kinds of free stuff at TorahResource.com. Go there, it's awesome. Uh, and we're we're redoing the website right now, thanks to Mark Randall. That man is amazing. We love him. But here's the other wonderful free piece of stop. news. And no one knows this yet. It has not been announced. It's gonna the, the news gets out first on this show. Tora Resource just acquired a Vimeo account. What? A Vimeo account, that's right. So my YouTube channel will no longer be used to post all of the uh, – so what? here's what will happen. If you're subscribed to my YouTube channel, my personal YouTube channel, you can stay there. All the short clips that I put up of The Robin Caleb Show will be on YouTube. And then the lo- the description for uh, – in the description, you'll be able to click on the Vimeo account to go to uh, the full-length Rob and Caleb Show, which will be on, vi- on the Torah Resource Vimeo. If you want to check out our Vimeo account, go to vimeo.com backslash – Torre Resource. Pretty easy to remember.
0: Let me try. Vimeo.com backslash Torah Resource. There you go. I'm with Mark.
1: Woot, woot. Woot, woot. Okay, so uh, let's, let's move on then. Of course, last <coughs> Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, uh, D- the Denver Broncos came out uh, and, and in a what I thought was an epic game. For Super Bowl Fifty, it was a great game. It was a wonderful game.
0: They, uh, they, they. Why? Because I got to see Cam Newton have a temper tantrum. That's right. And I uh, was waiting for that. Yeah,
1: and and you know they overcame. They overcame, and they got you know what's his name? Peyton Manning is that his name? The sheriff. Yeah, he got his ring finally. Now he can retire. It's about time. He's that guy's ancient for football. I mean, he's like twenty. He's like twenty years older than everybody else in the league. Anyway. But why do I bring up the Super Bowl on a show that talks about religion? Well, uh, this is why. Uh, I always love uh, the show after the Super Bowl because I can hear what everyone says about the Illuminati.
2: In today's video,
1: well, as I okay, let's start by asking where do you? Uh, let's ask our audience, those in the chat room, where do you think this guy is from? Just from his very first sent, his very first statement.
2: In today's video.
1: In today's was, video. As... in today's video ask iconoclast Yeah, exactly okay by the way
0: wait a minute Mm -hmm. Peyton Manning has two Super Bowl rings whatever does he just saying yeah I don't think he does yeah he was twice Super Bowl champion for Super Bowl 41 that shows you how much I know and Super Bowl 50 well then why did anybody care because he is There was a lot of other things. He was an amazing quarterback. He had 200 wins, career wins. That's a record. I could do that. He was the oldest quarterback to ever play in a Super Bowl. I could do that. I could do that twice (laughs) on Sunday.
1: (laughs) Okay, here we go. Okay, let's listen to this clip. In today's
2: video? In today's video? Well, as I promised this morning, here is my video (laughs) exposing the halftime Ritual that was performed at the Super Bowl with Coldplay Beyonce and Bruno Mars. Satanic. This was a blatant promotion (laughs) of the Luciferian New World Order One thing that you do need to keep in mind is they are Luciferian Therefore they follow (laughs) Satan the devil. Anyway, Ah. so they go and they promote their hippie type of uh, (laughs) stuff and for those of you who don't know yeah. the hippie movement of the 1970s was anti-christ it oh. was against god it was about going against what the hippies at that time believed to be wrong which was the christian faith they attacked the christian faith because mm. they believed that it was holding them back all they wanted to do is sex drugs and rock and roll oh. it was the Alester crowley satanic awakening wow and revival they brought over all this occult esoteric uh, teachings yoga got very popular in yeah. eastern mysticism mm-hmm. uh dabbling in things like psychedelics in order to expand consciousness and Ooh. things like this and all these things are apart from god and the thing is with the hippie movement is it was massively deceptive trust me i'm a canadian here
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there we go there's the uh, oh
0: man uh, yes okay w- wait wait Yes. We need that clip for our
1: vaults.
2: Oh, wait. Uh,
1: Trust me, I'm a Canadian. Wait, here. you mean this one right here? Trust me, I'm a Canadian here. Hang on. I got another one for you, too. I, dude, I thought about this long and hard. I searched for about an hour to find something that I could go with this. So the next time and we Mark come— Mark says hate. Spe- hate. <laughs> He's a hater. I was a hippie and wasn't anti-God. Well, right okay, left. hang on. We'll talk about the clip oh. in just a second. Okay, okay, we'll talk about the clip in just a second. But— Uh, so the next time we find somebody who calls himself a rabbi, for instance, if we have another clip of like rabbi Jonathan Kahn, I play the rabbi, trust me, I'm a Canadian here, (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, Okay. Anyway, so there's so much, this guy goes on, this video was 13. This is
0: no way a dog on our dear friends. Oh, well, yeah, up, the,
1: okay, okay you knew he was a canadian from the very first well, yeah but it was just, it's just it's funny that he would in say today's it. video uh, <laughs> that, it's canadian through and through in today's video it's because he goes up at the end i'm sorry canadian people i'm not trying to rag on you but that's how you talk, yeah, that's just how like you talk. The
0: major and big. <laughs> groceries
1: <laughs> okay but hang on he ta- he talks about sexual revolution sex drugs and rock and roll pardon that i'm i'm a, i'm very sorry to the young ears here i let, let's try to be a little bit m- 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 more g and, and less pg so um let's get the p out of our that's right H- however the, the the point is is that uh, within the hippie movement uh, there was a spiritual revolution there's no doubt about it it was called the Jesus Freaks, and the Jesus Freaks actually brought about what I think was a uh, spiritual revolution for the church, for God, in the 1970s. So, at this point, you have, uh, th- this guy's way off base from the very beginning. Beyond that, he goes on to say that the Illuminati, uh, of course, uh, controlled the
0: Super Bowl halftime show. Well, maybe, maybe they secret Illuminati. In other words, they don't want to... Do you remember last year? Do you remember last year when we played something about uh,
1: the people who were saying that the, it was all the Illuminati who did the halftime yeah, show? Something. And we got we got people writing in that were like, well, you know, hey, hey, are you saying there is no Illuminati? Are you really saying that you don't believe in the Illuminati? Oh, uh, you know, like whatever. Well, uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that the Illuminati. Yeah, you know, where is Andre? By the way, the chat room is blowing up because Andre. I'm making fun of Canadians, and Andre is not in the chat room. Oh my goodness! Well, it's his own fault. Um, I don't, a, the, you know, uh, yeah, I don't believe that the Canadian. I don't believe that the the Illuminati is orchestrating the uh half, the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh even even though this Canadian uh even though this Canadian definitely says they are Trust me, I'm a Canadian here.
0: Okay. Well, he has an outside perspective to be fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay, should we move on? Um yeah, let's Hey, do you have your uh, you got you queued up? Let's let's <gasps> go to your of A course you yeah. uh, are. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go.
3: It's Rob's kid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you got for me, brother? <laughs>
0: It's actually a little card. Okay, this is this <laughs> is show one twelve.
1: He's just got he's oh, just got a minute. piece of paper. Hang on, just a sec. He's got a piece of paper waiting there, just to crinkle, and then he puts that piece of paper down and he picks up a cue card.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, you me. want your music again?
0: No, this is good. Okay, go. Show one twelve. Yes, am I right? That's right. I right. You got it. I've got several that are pretty cool. Okay, the first, Maccabim, Maccabim, which means the Maccabees. Yeah, the hammers. Maccabim. We're going to bring the hammer. Here's another one. Kulanu, all of us. Mm-hmm. So, so far, the code I'm getting is that we're all Maccabees. We're all Maccabees, yes. And then it says, Echad ha-Yeladim, one of the, one of the boys. <laughs> one of the, oh, <laughs> man, w- oh, why didn't you tell me? I would have had music queued up for that. Go. Here we go. Bene ha-Adam, sons of man. Yeah. Yom-Yom, so the word Yom... Day is, day, yeah, day day. So, uh, what's half of one twelve? You know, it's like six <laughs> six. Uh, day day, or what is it? I don't know. Fifty six. <laughs> so how Yom is fifty six. So, how are we so, so bad at math? Wow, <laughs> is uh, which means every day. Yom. And lastly, but not least, here yeah. we go. Here we go. The tetragrammaton plus Elohim. Yod hey vav hey Elohim. Ooh that's the uh, gematria for 112. So, you put all this together and uh we're going to have an awesome show, man.
1: Uh yeah. Show an alien invasion. Is it biblical? Of course it is. I wish I had music. Did d- did we figure out that we had music last time for this? Yeah. I think we do. Okay, let's end it. Let's end it with this. I
2: had no obligation to do
0: any Oh of no, that.
1: that's not it. I'm sorry. Hang on. I and I'm really dropping the ba- ball here. Here we go. You're a
2: legend in your own mind.
0: You don't need no
2: education. Your mom goes to college.
1: I think that view is headed for a
3: deep mischief.
1: Loud and the Woo, okay. Oh, we're having too much fun today. What was I going to tell you? I was going to tell you something else. There was, there was something else I had for you. Okay, I, I we had... Uh... I forget. I, I, it's, it's lost now. It's okay. gone. I don't know what it was. Okay. Should we just get to it then? Should we get to the topic at hand?
0: Yeah, let's, let's uh...
1: dive in. Oh, yeah. One last thing. I got it. Oh. Ah, it came back. It came back. It you know, I want to tell that. our audience, I want to make you a promise here, okay? Now, I did a very hard thing for me last night. I, ha- I unfollowed one of my very well-liked apologists. On Twitter Mm. yeah the reason why is because if you're an apologist if you're a preacher if you're in public ministry when it comes you know just because there is a general election this year does not mean that you switch to a political commentator it has to be one of the most annoying things ever talk about the Bible now there is of course exception for for those apologists and preachers, preachers who want, to, who want to make fun of everyone. If you're going to make fun of all of the political candidates across the board, go for it. But one thing I want to promise our audience, you're not going to hear any politics speech on this show. Have no fear. Okay, there we go.
0: Politics is for Greeks.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Sponsored by Ace Religion Supply, where they say, if we don't got it, it ain't
1: holy. Okay, let's move on. So, drop a name loudmouth. Uh, yeah, well, you know, honestly, okay, well, I don't want to be disparaging, uh, but you know, Doctor Michael Brown is, uh, you know, he's all he talks about now is politics. You know, and uh, that's that's great that you're you're all into politics, but dude, you're an apologist. You're not like. We don't need to hear your your exposes on Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, right?
0: He's he's gone from apologetics to politics. <laughs> uh, okay,
1: okay, let's move on. So, uh, let's set this up the right way. Um, by the way, I'm trying to get more jingles since our since our fan base, our 36. Fans uh, have completely dropped the ball and not Help. sent me any good uh, I th- jingles. I, are we, Caleb, do we even have 36 listeners anymore? I don't know. We've probably lost several. However, Jordan's in the chat room today. So, you know, we, we gained one. Lost
0: one, gained one, I guess. Okay. So there's always 36. Never more, never less. I think
1: that's the way it works out, man. We have stickers made up. It can't change now. Okay, uh, so I got into this uh, conversation on Facebook a little while ago. And it really, I, I will admit, it kind of irked me. And I've been thinking about it ever since. And since it was public on Facebook, I suppose I can mention names, right? Is that the rule?
0: Don't ask me about the rules, Okay, man.
1: well, that's the new rule, I guess. So uh, this guy named Steven Bernstein, I think that's how you say his name, uh, he said now th- we were talking about oral torah oral tradition i was explaining uh, to my buddy Gabriel he made this comment that you know Yeshua kept and followed a lot of the oral torah so we were having a discussion about what you know no is the mission in the talmud it, it's anachroni- anachronistic to read back into the first century there was basically a con- conversation we were having now this Stur- Stephen Bernstein he he comes on the scene and he says i have never found oral law going against written law Yeshua argued for oral law repeatedly. And then my buddy Gage comes in and he says, doesn't the Talmud say that Yeshua will uh, rot in excrement? And we will try to use that word instead of other words, which the Talmud uses, by the way. Um, I write back and I say to Gage, yes, it does. It also says he was born to a prostitute and hanged. Uh, Stephen Bernstein then writes back and says, Caleb Hag, that is not in Talmud. Bavli, Yerushalmi, nor in Midrash Rabbah. Okay. Now, I bring up, of course, in this conversation, I bring up Sanhedrin 43a, which is Talmud passage. It's in your show notes. I put it there in your show show notes. Uh, And you can read, what, what did I put in? Who's the, who's the standard uh, English translation? Neusner. I put
0: in Neusner's translation.
1: There's uh, a couple. Yeah. There's,
0: there's the Sanchino, well, well, is we'll Epstein, re- Then there's we'll Neusner. Yeah. And then there's Stein, Steinsaltz is a newer one.
1: Okay, so I bring up San, Sanhedrin 43a. We'll talk about this way more in depth, what that passage actually says. Uh, however, he writes back after I bring that passage up. He says these things are, of course, false. Sanhedrin 43a is not referring to Yeshua of Nazareth. Scholars agree on this. Now, I wrote back and I said, scholars agree on this. I cited a couple of scholars that I believe do not agree with this. Uh, Mr. Bernstein writes back uh, and says, well, Luderbach, Strach, Klausner, etc., the vast majority of Jewish scholars. Okay. Wow. (laughs) That is a false statement. Through and through. First of all, Luterbach Now, this could be complete coincidence, but Luderbach, Strock, and Klausner are the three names that Wikipedia brings up for uh, scholars who disagree that this is Yeshua. Why does Wikipedia give us this idea, or why do they say that that these scholars don't agree? They call them minimalists, and the minimalists say, uh, no, the, the Jews, the Jewish rabbis were not concerned with. He wasn't a big deal. Yeshua wasn't a big deal. And so, basically, they're trying to say, "No, we weren't." You know, the Jewish rabbis weren't having to deal with Yeshua because he really wasn't that big deal. You think he was a big uh, deal, but he wasn't. So they try to diminish the number of times that uh, Yeshua is in the Talmud. That's the now. I've heard another theory on why these rabbis actually uh, are saying that these passages aren't about Yeshua, and the reason why I've heard. Is that uh, there, the discussion comes up that uh, heretics are not named? It just says uh, someone said, or a uh, you know a heretic said, or uh, whatever. But uh, if a name is mentioned, then uh, apparently there's some clout given to said rabbi, and so the the rabbis now were trying to say, you know, basically the Christians were saying, look, Yeshua's in the Talmud, that means that he, you know. He wasn't necessarily a heretic, blah, blah, Anyway, I don't know if that's true or not. But there are several, at least three, rabbis who who say that Sanhedrin 43a is not talking about Yeshua. However, Mr. Bernstein's assertion here that uh, the vast majority of Jewish scholars agree this is not Yeshua—
0: how gr- could you ever demonstrate such a claim?
1: This is a gross misrepresentation, uh, in my opinion, of, of <laughs> Jewish scholarship in general. So let's talk about it. What, yeah, does, that's, the, that's... what does the Talmud have to say about Yeshua? And uh, so when we, when we talk about Yeshua, uh, in the Talmud, he's referred to as Yeshu. And why is he referred to as Yeshua? Well, uh, let's go to our Aramaic uh, professional. What is Yeshua? Instead of Yeshua, why do they call him Yeshu? Well,
0: Yeshu is an acronym. They drop the I Correct. Yes. So it's Yod Shin Vav. Preach. And it and it uh, it means heaven forbid what it means is may may his name be may his name and memory be blotted out. May so so name. it's a
1: nice it's a nice little play for the rabbis on the name Yeshua. Yeah. You know, basically, what they're trying to do is curse the name of Yeshua within their own writings, right? Okay. Um, So, So in
0: other words, they won't even—they don't want to say his name.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uh, much like uh, much like uh, the tradition of Haman (coughs) for Purim. Okay, so for the past two weeks, we've been talking about Codex Sinaiticus uh, and uh, the Simonides affair if you miss those shows i had fun with those shows i know that i basically hijacked those shows
0: ah, that, that's good though
1: so i'm going to i'm going to try to give the show back a little bit too uh mm. to 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 rob here because really rabbinic says much more his his you know up his alley than it is mine um however i want to talk a little bit about uh te- textual 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 criticism in general
0: there I'm Hang get, on. I'm- Hang on. I'm getting weird sounds.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to uh re uh, start the stop the Logic Pro and start it back up. So hang on, everybody, hang on with us. This is gonna take a few seconds. We good? Testing. <laughs> you with us? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Oh okay. Okay, uh, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, like I said, we're having some weird te- technical dif- difficulties around here. Anyway, okay, so um, I want to go back then. Okay, okay, much like the – I have just a very quick side note here. Much like the biblical manuscript of the New Testament, the oldest manuscripts of the Talmud have differences than the later ones. Okay, so now basically what I've done is I've said, okay, so Mr. Bernstein here is arguing that no, uh, this of course is not talking about Yeshua, and there's nothing disparaging in the Talmud about Yeshua. Now, I'm guessing on this, but I would assume that the reason that Mr. Uh, what was his name? <laughs> Mr. Bernstein. Oh. The reason that Mr. Bernstein is uh, trying to do this, trying to uh, say that there's nothing disparaging about Yeshua in the Talmud, is because I'm guessing that he takes Matthew 23 that, uh, to mean that the authority uh, has been given to the rabbis. And in that, he believes that that is the Mishnah and the Talmud. So he believes that there—I I assume that he believes there is uh, divine sanctioning of the Oral Torah. And when he says Oral Torah, or when he refers to Oral Torah, he means Mishnah Talmud. Now, I don't know what he would say about later rabbinics. Uh, for instance, the Zohar. Now, we know such uh, such teachers as Itzhak Shapira certainly believes that the Zohar is—, uh, is holds divine authority as well in some ways. Okay, so this from an article by my, uh, my acquaintance and friend, I would say, uh, Dr. Instone Brewer. Dr. Instone Brewer is a very well-known uh, scholar. I disagree with him adamantly on, on many issues. In fact, I disagree with him on uh, the idea of Mishnah and Talmud uh, in general. He believes that we can trace certain parts of the Talmud and the Mishnah back to the first century. I don't believe that that is – I don't believe we can do that. Anyway, so this is from an article he wrote. And uh, what's the name of the article? Hang on just a second. I will tell you. The name of the article – oh, that's not it. Hang on. The name of the article is – here it is. You can search this on Google, Jesus of Nazareth's Trial in the Uncensored Talmud by David Instone Brewer, put out by Tyndale House. Okay. And this from that article, he says, quote, Daniel Bomberg, a Christian printer in Venice in the early 1500s, spent most of his professional life and family fortune printing 230 major Jewish works, including the Jerusalem Talmud and the massive editions of the Babylonian Talmud. And the Mik, uh, Mikraot Gedulot, or the Rabbinic Bible, with their surrounding commentaries. He worked mainly with Felice de Prato, an Augustinian friar who had converted from Judaism. They followed the page layout invented by the Sansino family for printing the Tractate Berchot in 1483, which has a central Talmud passage with commentaries arranged around the edge of the page. They applied this system to all the uh, tractates and completed the first full-printed Talmud in 1520. This page layout was so useful that it became standard, and the exact same layout is still reproduced today for printing the Talmud. Actually, there was a rabbi, this is, uh, okay, end quote for now. Uh, It's interesting because there was a rabbi who recently uh, translated uh, was it the Jerusalem t- Talmud uh, or was it his own? Anyway, he rearranged some of the commentary and rearranged the layout of it. He was deemed a heretic oh,
0: Adi, for Steinsaltz did. Yeah, Steinsaltz. So he, he republished the entire Babylonian Talmud with his own Hebrew translation and commentary, and he didn't put Rashi's commentary <laughs> in it. And the, 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 the dafim the pages, are aligned differently now. And uh, he's got dictionary, like, the definition of terms, and it's—I've got a couple volumes. It's—it's—I it's, think it's really well done. But it uh, has—I think there were some rabbis in in Jerusalem that uh, like they forbade it. They no, for,
1: they they deemed him a heretic. The yeah. ultra orthodox deemed him a heretic for they said,
0: it. said this book is forbidden. Yeah.
1: So anyway, uh, I'm going to keep going with this quote. Bomberg's printing of the Talmud ensured ins- its survival because a few years later, in 1553. The Pope ordered the burning of all Talmuds, but multiple printing copies had already spread everywhere. One was sold in London in 1628 for 26 pounds, at that time about the equivalent of $6,000 in today's money, then went missing and was rediscovered in 1991 in Sion College's basement. Wow, what a find. Without Bomberg's printing edition, the Munich Talmud might be the only full copy of the Talmud, which survived. Censorship helped Bomberg get Papal permission to print the work. Print the, work, the work, work. What was that?
0: I think aliens are uh, <laughs> they're infiltrating. They're aliens invading. Aliens are
1: infiltrating. Hang on just a sec. I gotta, I gotta restart this again because I got a huge echo. Hang on. I apologize, everyone. Hang on. Thank you, Mac, for your wonderful update to El Capitan. The Rob and Caleb show is Thanking you for it. Okay. Um, So, uh, okay. In 1518, he petitioned the Vatican Senate to renew his printer's license and took the opportunity to buy the exclusive rights to print the Talmud, which had to be officially endorsed by Pope Leo II. The censorship was meant to remove all disparaging passages about Jesus, which included any passages concerning Jesus or Mary and most passages which might involve disputes with Christians okay um, should we go to Instone Brewer himself sure okay let's listen to a clip this is a clip taken from my interview with Instone Brewer at the 2014 uh, ETS
3: SBL meeting the censorship.
1: Did, did, we see, did we see the name Jesus in these talmuds that, that, he, that he compiled
3: Right, well, he was compiling it in a situation where the Pope was in charge. Okay. The Pope had to put his stamp on any book that was going to get published. And if he was going to get published, it mustn't have anything derogatory about Jesus. And to be honest, all the things about Jesus in Talmud are pretty derogatory. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, he will be boiled in shit forever. That's, you can't put that in a book that the Pope is going to put his stamp on. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. <laughs>
3: So uh, they, they had to take them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like this sort of censorship was going on before they bombed other um, printings of the Talmuds and other productions of the Talmud were doing the same sort of thing. Uh, and we see it in the just a handful of manuscript Talmuds that have survived. In particular, the Munich Talmud, that's the, the only manuscript we have of the whole Talmud. it's, it's a terrible, terrible things happened in the, the persecutions, which the, the, the popes asked for. They... Has said that all Talmud should be burned.
1: Okay, so um, now I want to clarify. Dr. Instant Brewer is not a vulgar man. He, uh, I did have to bleep him there. He did use a uh, word considered vulgar in our language today, which is S-H-I-T. He did that because actually in the uh, Newsner Nusr- translation, and I believe other translations of the Engli- uh, uh, English translations of the Talmud, this is the word that's actually used. Uh, and we will read a passage. I will censor that passage as well. However, I, we will read a passage, um, that passage here shortly. But what is the uh, the Munich, the Munich Talmud? So the Munich Talmud uh, is. Uh, I think it dates to thirteen thirty eight. Am I right on that? It's the thirteen hundreds. The and
0: Munich, yeah. It's the oldest. Yeah. Uh, complete. I think it's. I think it's pretty much complete. Uh, Talmud manuscripts. It, 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 it is, pre- is complete. Yeah, pre-printing press.
1: That's correct. And so, uh, it, now, uh, in your show notes, you can also see this. I put in a picture of a piece of the Munich Talmud <clears throat> in which they actually rub out. Now, this is obviously during the time of, of uh, persecution and the burning of the Talmuds. They actually try to rub out the, di- the ink where uh, it disparages Yeshua. Okay, so now let's talk about some of these, these issues. Um, Mr. Bernstein said that, uh, the vast majority of Jewish scholars would agree that Yeshua, that this is not talking about Yeshua. What is he talking about? Sanhedrin 43a. I'm going to read this. Yeah. Um, Abai said, uh, and he must say on such and such a day. And at such and such an hour and in such and such a place for perhaps there are those who know and they come and, and re- refute them and a herald goes out before him, before him, yes, from the outset, no, but surely it was taught on Passover Eve, they hanged Jesus of Nazareth and the herald went out before him for 40 days. Jesus of Naz- Nazareth is going out to be stoned because he practiced sorcery, incited to idol worship. And led Israel astray. Whoever knows an argument in his favor should come and argue on his behalf, but they did not find and uh find an argument in his favor, and they hanged him on the eve of the Passover. So this is a very standard this is the uh Steinsalt's edition of the Talmud. This is a very standard uh and well known edition of the Talmud, who clearly says that this is Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah.
0: Um, this, is a, this is an Orthodox rabbi who teaches Talmud in Jerusalem. That's right. You know, I mean, we're not talking about an American, uh, you know, wannabe kind of rabbi. Kind of. This guy's on the inside of the Jewish world and Jewish thought in terms of Orthodoxy. And let's go on here because
1: actually uh, there's more. Uh, For those who might say, well, it says Jesus of Nazareth, but maybe it was a different Jesus of Nazareth. Let's listen to what Steinsalt has to say on the next page. Ulla said, can you think this? Was Jesus of Nazareth deserving of a search for an argument in his favor? He was an insider. And the Torah says, you shall not spare, nor shall you uh, conceal him. Rather, Jesus was different because he was close to the government. Our rabbis taught... Jesus of Nazareth had five disciples, Matai, Nakai, Netzer, and Buni, and Todah. They brought Mattai, and he said to them, shall Mattai be executed? But surely it was written, when Matai shall I come and appear before God. It goes on and on. But then we have uh, uh background comment here. This is what he says in the footnote. The disciples of Jesus, all of the rabbinical sources referring to Jesus of Nazareth, have surprising aspects and are unlike other sources. Many of these remarks must be seen as allusions to events and phenomena that are not mentioned elsewhere. Of the disciples of Jesus mentioned here, only Matthew, the author of the Gospels, is known from other sources. So Steinsaltz uh, clearly tells us that this passage is talking about Jesus of Nazareth. By the way— He he,
0: he never read— Uh, Klausner or Lauterbach, obviously.
1: (laughs) Uh, By the way, in the actual Hebrew of the Mishnah here, it says Yeshua Nazareth.
0: Yeshua of Nazareth, of Nazareth, that's what it says. And there are a number of manuscripts that say that.
1: Uh, and actually, the- I can
0: tell you what they are because the uh, Herzog well, one, Munich well, ninety five, and the
1: Munich, the Munich
0: is the Firenze. most the Munich is the most important because oh, Munich they have the name blotted out though it's writ they, like they they yeah but they, they try to wipe it out yeah. physically
1: tried to erase it however right. through uh, modern technology we've been able to,
0: to see space yeah
1: we've been able to see what it, what it actually said and sure enough it's in the original
0: uh, here's another man's the Karl Ruhe? I don't know how to say that. So I wonder... The, Vil- the Vilna edition, which is our standard printed... Um, the one that they study the Daph Yomi, it's totally... sent. Whole, that whole section is censored out. The whole paragraph is missing. Okay, and let's, let's listen to Instone Brewer and what he says about these passages being missing.
3: And, uh, yeah, in these handful of manuscript talmuds, you find references to Jesus, but even there, they're being rubbed out. And when you look at the Munich Talmud, you've got these uh, um, passages about Jesus where someone's just gone with their thumb and just rubbed out the ink. Really? And you can just about read the words behind when you when you have the actual manuscripts there. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, D- D- uh, David Herford, is, um, pr- uh, he, he produced the text for us, and I don't know how he managed to read it. But, uh, yeah, we, we we have a fairly certain text of what was there.
1: So... How many places are we talking about? Is it one or two places, or are there, you
3: know... About a dozen. It's different in different uh, Talmuds. Uh, There's been censorship over the years for different reasons and different extents, and different Talmuds censor different things. In some places, uh, they just get rid of the name Jesus and let everything else stand, or they they get rid of the whole passage. Uh, It's different amounts of... get past the sensors.
1: You said that they, they actually rubbed out certain uh, pieces of the text. Did they try to rewrite something over it to, to make it re- still read right, or did they just leave it blank?
3: Well, when it's a manuscript, well, what can you do? You're not editing something on a computer. You, you've got a manuscript there. You've got to do something with it. You, you can push, uh, put a line through it, or scrub it out with ink, or rub out the ink. And they uh, It looks like they chose to rub out the ink when they could.
1: Okay, and that's basically what they did, as you can see in the picture. They just took their thumb, they rubbed out the ink. And why did they do this? As heard in the previous clip from Instone Brewer, the Pope in the 1500s uh, decided that, no, the Talmud was heresy because it was disparaging towards Yeshua. And so uh, he he specifically uh, said that the Talmud should be burned. Now, this was not the only time that the Talmud was burned in Europe. Uh, there were times when, the, when uh, Talmuds were burned. Uh, whole cities were uh, eradicated of the Talmud, uh, which, in my opinion, book burning should never be allowed. Um, no matter what it is, even if it is heresy, um, I think that uh, I think that we should learn our lesson from
0: things okay. like this. Sure, sure. And there's there's another angle here we could talk about because this now we're just, we're just talking about Talmud manuscripts, but what about the medieval transmitters of Talmud, yeah. particularly Rashi and Rambam? Mm-hmm. Without without Rashi's commentary and Rambam's authority on codifying halakha and asserting that the Talmud is authoritative uh, tradition, the people today wouldn't have anything to stand on. But if we look to there, how did Rashi, who lived, Rashi lived like, I think like 1040 to 1105 or something like that, in 11th century in France. And he's got, in his commentary on the Talmud, he, he talks about passages that mention the Minim, the Minim, and in his comments, like here's one, for example, Rosh Hashanah 7a, it talks about the Minim and the informers and the scoffers who rejected the Torah and and so on. He he talks about the Minim in his note, he says, the disciples of Yeshua the Nazarene who changed the words of the living God into evil. Okay? that's That's his... Commentary, and then um, see, and th- and
1: th- th- that's an interesting point, Rob, because it that to this bear you know to this guy who has basically said that no, no, you know the majority of rabbinic scholars. So uh, Bernstein, what are you going to say to to Rashi?
0: Here is another example from Rashi in Megillah seventeen B. It's talking about the, the blessing of the heretic uh, the cursing of the heretics, and it says, um, "Kiluha minim uh, may the minim cease." And he says, these are the disciples of Yeshua of Nazareth. Because they are, they, they are those who forsake Hashem. Um, you know, here, here's another one from Sanhedrin. He says, uh, when uh, they're, Sanhedrin's talking about ba'ale koma umare, which means men of uh, good standing, good stature, and of appearance. Uh, that are to be brought as members appointed as members of the sanhedrin, and in, in rashi 's comment on Ba'ale Koma Umare he says uh, that, that this is rashi 's comment they need to uh, to be qualified to serve on the sanhedrin, you need to have a knowledge of sorcery, mm-hmm. and the reason why he says you have to be uh, you know sorcery because why do you, why does a judge need to know sorcery so they know how to put to death sorcerers. Who trust that their sorcery will deliver them from the hands of the bet din, uh, and to re and so and they need the knowledge of sorcery the judge does so that they can reveal concerning the sorcerers and enticers and those who scatter people with their sorceries just like Yeshu Hanotzri. This is Rashi's commentary on the Babylonian Talmud, and then then if that's not enough, you can look at uh, Rambam Ma- Ma- Maimonides in his Mishneh Torah, which is about a hundred years later. Um, in Hilchot uh, Melchamimu uMelchamot, which is the Melachim uh, rather, the the Halacha of Kings and Wars, he says Yeshua um, Notri imagined that he was Messiah, but was put to death by the Bet Din. He caused Israel to perish by the sword and scattered their remnant and humiliated them and changed the Torah and caused much of the world to stray to worship a God apart from Hashem. Let's that's rambam writing in the middle ages so you can't you, and these guys were more expert on the babylonian talmud than than we are today than any scholar today is that they're closer to the time they're 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 in the wake of the generations of the babylonian academies you know so there's, there's, to to tell anyone who says that these aren't talking about yeshua or the talmud has nothing to say about yeshua they're going against not only Steinsaltz, right, uh, but they're going against uh, key pillars of rabbinic-Judish faith and practice. Now, there's two things that need to be noted here. First of all, um,
1: th- I'm not suggesting that we need to throw out our Talmuds, okay? Uh, I have a copy of the Babylonian Talmud sitting on my shelf. I read it very often, actually. I have uh, certain volumes of the Jerusalem Talmud on my shelf. I read that even more often than I do the the Bavli. Um, I think that the, that the Talmud is is very important for uh a sp- for its for what we can get from it, which is what Judaism thought in its time. Not only that, but we have to remember that a lot of these rabbis had a very very deep uh, knowledge of the of the word of God. So, right. the, well, so
0: that's not the whole Talmud's not about Yeshua.
1: Yeah, of course not. Right, and, and, that's
0: not that's not the point here. The point though is that don't be going around telling that it has nothing to say about Yeshua or that Yeshua agrees or endorses the Talmud. That's just that's absolutely foolishness. The person who says that, I, I would say they they probably don't even have a competency into t- reading the Talmud in the original language. Yeah, they're probably they're dependent on, uh, you know wikipedia or whatever
1: well lois says uh, do you think yeshua will burn books sleazy dvds etc in his coming reign on the earth no i don't think he will and the reason why is because when he shows up i think people are going to realize oh no what i taught was total rubbish and they're going to go burn them themselves (laughs) Um, okay so i want to actually read a a different portion of of talmud here and uh, once again this is not to disparage the the talmud as a whole uh, but this is to show that, that you know, one of the things that we that we see coming out of the Messianic movement today is the idea that, that the Talmud and the Mishnah have some form of divine authority. My point is, is that they can't have any divine authority whatsoever. If you're going to take the, them as a whole, you, then they can't have any divine authority because they disparage the Messiah himself. That's the point. Now... Once again, I'm not putting down uh, these bodies of works as a whole. There are some very valuable things that we can gain from the, tor- the from the Talmud and the Mishnah. Uh, we got
0: to learn to read it with a historian's eyes, that's not right. as a re- not like as it's a religious sacred text.
1: That's exactly I, right. I mean, that's I I completely agree. So let's wait,
0: right, Caleb. You wouldn't read. You're going to come with the same uh, critical perspective and historical perspective, if we were looking at, let's say, the Damascus document from the Dead Sea Scrolls or Philo of Alexandria or Josephus or the Mishnah or the Talmud or the Zohar, right? You're going to put it, you ask the basic questions. What are our manuscripts? What time? Yeah. It, when was it written? What does it say about you know where in, where in the timeline, but also geographically where? What are the claims made? And how do these claims relate or do they relate at all? With the truth that we find in the actual breathed word of God in the Scriptures.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move to uh, Gatine fifty seven A.
0: Okay, so this is the hot. The, this is the uh,
1: this is the hot ticket. So this is from News translation. I'll read News translation first, then I will move to uh, the the uh, Munich translate uh, the Munich Talmud translation. Anclus Bar Calanimos, uh, yeah, was the son of the sister of Titus. He wanted to convert. He went to he went and raised Titus from the dead through witchcraft. He said to him, "Who is important in the in that world?" He said to him, "Israel." So what about joining them? He said to him, "Their requirements are many, and you won't be able to carry them out. Go attack them in that world, and you will be on top. For it is written." Her adversaries have become the head. Lamentations one five. Whoever gives distress to Israel is made head. He said to him, So what is the punishment meted out for you? He said to him, It is precisely what I uh, decreed on myself. Every day they collect my ashes and they pass sentence on me. And I am burned and my ashes are spread over the seven seas. He went and called up Balaam by witchcraft. He said to him, Who is important in that world? He said to him, Israel, so what about joining them? He said to him, you shall not seek their peace nor their prosperity all your days, ever. Deuteronomy 23, 7. He said to him, so what is the punishment meted out to you? He said to him, with boiling, uh, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not even going to say that just because of little er, ears, okay. With with boiling seed, there we go, with boiling seed. He went and with witchcraft raised up uh, Israelite sinners. Now, this is, our key, this is what the key text that we're looking at right here, starting right here. He went and with witchcraft raised up Israelite sinners. He said to them, who is important in that world? They said to him, Israel. So what about joining them? They said to him, seek their peace, but don't seek evil for them. Whoever touches them is as though he touched the apple of his eye. He said to them, so what is the punishment meted out to you? They said to him, with boiling excrement, I have changed that word, for a master has said, whoever re- ridicules the teachings of sages is punished by boiling excrement. Come and notice the difference between Israelite sinners and Gentile prophet idolaters. Okay, so now let's read what's in the earlier manuscripts as opposed to
0: the edited. That was yeah. the
1: edited, okay? And instead, I'm going to start where I said this is where uh, we need to realize. This is at M. Uh, so in this one, in the Newsner's translation, it says, he went and which, with witchcraft, he raised up Israelite sinners. That's where we will start.
0: Right. Technically, at uh, Poshay Yisrael, so transgressors of Israel. Okay. Is what,
1: yes. Yeah. So uh, this is what the Munich uh, Talmud says. He called up Yeshu by necromancy. He said to him, "'Who is honored in this world?' He replied, "'Israel.' "'What about joining them?' He replied, "'Seek their good, seek not their harm, "'everyone who injures them.' "'It is as if he injured the apple of his eye.' He said, "'What is the punishment of this man?' He replied, "'By boiling filth.' "'For a teacher has said everyone who mocks at the words of the wise "'is punished by boiling filth.' "'Come and see the difference between the sinners of Israel "'and the prophets of the people of the worlds "'who serve a false religion.'" So this uh, passage right here, Gatine 57a, was changed specifically because it mentions Yeshua. And uh, what does it say about Yeshua? That he'll be boiled in excrement.
0: There, there is a manuscript there. Vatican 130 says he went and brought up Yeshua Note 3. Yeah. There, there's a manuscript that even has Note 3 there. And I'm not positive Munich might
1: actually have Note 3 as well.
0: Uh, Munich just has Yeshua. Has Yeshua, Yeshu, okay.
1: Um, so let's go real quick then, uh, and I'm going to pass this back over to you for any other passages that you want to bring up, but I do want to come down here to 272 in this. This is interesting as well. Okay, so this from, uh, from Instone Brewer's article that I uh, referenced earlier Quote, this is page 272, by the way, quote, the Munich Talmud is therefore the only uncensored copy of the whole Talmud, though even this is, the, uh, this is censored in some respects. The name of Jesus, in other words, are frequently very faint as though someone has attempted to sense them. In the passage about Yeshua's trial or Jesus' trial, the two occurrences of the name Yeshua no three have been partially erased in this way, as well as parts of the following passages about the names of his disciples. However, the original Hebrew is still visible, and it has been reconstructed by examination of the manuscript. These reconstructions are usefully collected in an appendix by Hereford. The censored passages are almost all late anti-Christian polemics. They have been collected and analyzed by Hereford, and more recently, in Great Teal, by Schaefer. Uh, you can find Schaefer's book in the show notes. The name of Jesus does not always occur in censored passages. Some refer to Ben Stada or Pandra. And I apologize for that.
0: Here's Schaefer's book. Here, I'll boast on it a little bit. Notice the inscription right there. <laughs> oh, nice. You have, you have, a,
1: you have a, uh, a signed copy. Very nice. Um, Yeah, I actually, my dad purchased that book yesterday, so I don't have it yet, but I will. Okay, so Ben Padira, I said that wrong, Ben Padira. Well, there is good evidence that these are pseudonyms for Jesus in such passages. In Bobley Sanhedrin 67a, both these names are used for the same person who is described as hung on the eve of the Passover. Yeah.
0: Pantera too is a, a, what we have many examples in the Talmud where they switch the words around. Mm. Like Pantera is... Pandira, is, isn't is it? Pandira? Well, sometimes it's spelled with a dalet, but it's spelled with a, a tet. Mm. Okay. And it's Parthenos. It's son of the virgin. But they switch around the sound of... They, make, they change the sound of Parthenos. Um
1: Man, yeah, actually, this is, uh, so he goes on, the, the same phrase which is used for Yeshua three in Sanhedrin 43a. Also, Tosefta refers to Yeshua ben Pan- Pandira. Mm-hmm. And it, ha- it has a story about a following of him, Jacob of Kefir Sekhanya, Kadi- who met Eliezer Harkanus late 1st or early 2nd century, in Sephoras. Uh, near Nazareth. Tosefta's version of this story says that he taught Eliezer a saying of the Menim, a term which refers to heretics including Christians. The saying itself is found at uh, B-A-Z-17-A, where the... That's Bavli
0: Avodah Zarah.
1: Okay. Where the Munich Talmud attributes it to Yeshu HaNatzri.
0: Yeah, and it's... Uh, the idea is that uh, Eliezer ben Hart Canis heard a teaching... That was attributed to either, you know, one of Yeshua's disciples, mm. and it pleased him. He liked it. Mm. And then he went and was telling others, and they're saying, no, you can't, you, you can't like anything that they tell you. Yeah, it's, you know.
1: I got one paragraph left here. Okay. Uh, when later Talmudic rabbis debated these names, they concluded that the same person was called both Ben Stada and Ben Pandira, because one was the name of his mother's husband, and the other was her lover. So they concluded that Yeshua was illegitimate. One rabbi thought that Stada was the name of his mother because it is similar to Sota, unfaithful. But others pointed out that her name was actually Miriam, i.e. Mary. And that's found in Bavli, Shabbat 104b. I don't, you know, look. I just think it's, it's interesting that anyone would be able to... to uh, argue that. From all of the re- extant rabbinic literature that w- we have,
0: from all... What's of- funny is we have that on one hand. We have people arguing and saying that's not Yeshua with all that. And then on the other hand, we have the use of Metatron and like the Zohar. And we have people just trying to <laughs> jump over back, you know, do cartwheels and flips in the air, whatever gymnastics necessary to say that that is Yeshua. Because <laughs> isn't that strange? We live in, the same, in a world where both of those have advocates,
1: I. It's nuts. nuts. It,
0: okay, we um, haven't. It's nuts. Clip.
1: <laughs> no, we should though. Um, oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. What else do
0: you got? You got? Uh, you I know, mean, that's it. That's it. it. <laughs> I. I sh- you know the stuff I was thinking was was really the raw because I I figured you'd got some good you know the the, the Sanhedrin forty three, the the in fifty seven. But you know this book. Jesus in the Talmud is a great book to to go over. It's it's um, yeah. It, I I would encourage people to pick it up. You can probably get it for twenty bucks used, maybe or something.
1: Seventeen forty on uh, Amazon, maybe less.
0: Cool. It's been out for ten years or so now, so it's it's cheaper than it originally was.
1: Okay, I got one more. I got one more quote here. This is from uh, Christianity in Talmud and Midrash.
0: That's about a that one's a little bit hundred years old. What Schaefer will do, Schaefer's new, Schaefer says, you know, not everything that Tra, uh, Herbert Strafford thought was it probably qualifies. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Okay, so here's a quote from page thirty-seven. The two names Ben Stada and Ben Pandira evidently refer to the same person, and that that person is Jesus is shown clearly by the fact that we sometimes meet with the full name Yeshu Ben Pandira. Thus, he whole i.e. or II23, quote, in the name of Yeshu ben Pandira, and also the fact that Yeshu is sometimes found as a variant of ben Stada in parallel passages. Thus, Bavli Sanhedrin 43 says, on the eve of Pesach, they hung Yeshu, while in the uh, same tractate, P67, uh, page 67, it is said, thus did they, uh, d- thus did they to Ben Stada in Lud, They hung him on the ease, eve of Pesach. Ben Stada in Is Ben Pandira, etc. Then follows the same note of explanation as in the passage from uh, Shabbat, which we are studying. See below. Uh, so he goes on. He gives, I mean, time and time again, why these two names are, are, are also Yeshua. Okay.
0: Anything else there, Rob? Well, do you know that there? Okay, back to this. Uh, people have probably heard Yeshu, right? Yes. Like they're, like we've talked about. And they um, still
1: call him that in Israel
0: today. Yeah, and so the, the acronym is is, it's Yod Shin Vav. Right? They drop the iron like we were talking about earlier. It's Yamach is may may he blot out. When if it's if we read it, yamach like a nifal, may he be blot may it be blotted out. Shemo, his name, U and his memory. Um, there is a, a rabbi in Israel, and I I n I don't remember his last name, Aloro, I think, or something. Um, there's he's on YouTube. He's a like, uh anyway, big beard, old Guy, but he claims he believes in Yeshua. And you have people like you know, people from America, popular teachers, messianics going and talking to him and they put it on YouTube. And he teaches that um he just takes the first part, Yamach Shamo, and he says, Well, Yamach adds up to the same Gematria as Chen, as grace. So that so that he he does this uh Gematria Calculation in his mind when someone says Yemach Shemo, that, you sh- that his name be blotted out, he says, Well, Yod Chet uh, or Yod Mem Chet, adds up to Chen, which is the word for grace. So his name is Grace. And so he tries to argue based on that and a bunch of other Gematria that it's a secret name for Messiah, is may his name be blotted out. It's a secret Gematria name. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, gracious. But back, to, I, I would like to come back full circle to Matthew 23. Go for it. Yes. So, so the basic claim here is, right? Yeshua says the the scribes and the Pharisees have uh, sit on the cathedra of Moses, the seat of Moses, and it could be have sat themselves on the seat of Moses. But let's just say they they are seated on the throne of Moses or on the seat of Moses therefore whatever they say to do do it but according to their deeds do not do for they say and do not do okay well we all know the passage later on he says therefore do not be called rabbi um you know don't be called rabbi <laughs> well what we have that's the plain text what we have is a bunch of people claiming to be in messiah calling themselves rabbi and claiming that this was a, a Jesus' endorsement of what becomes the Mishnah in the Talmud. Shapira does this, in Kosher Pig. I, it sounds like the, the person that you quoted today takes that position. And I've met people who, who take that position. And that's just like, I, I, I don't understand why what is it they get out of it well
1: identity they get identity they get identity by they the want to sub- belong they, they want to belong, belong to the to the the ultra orthodox or to the
0: orthodox of even Israel. if even if the ultra orthodox ne- is going to say you're crazy you know you're not it doesn't matter yeah and that's them, why you get matter. the guys trying to convince like like Shapiro in his book the kosher pig trying to use gematria and um, I was surprised he didn't use any Hebrew word pictures, but he uses a lot of gematria, a lot of letter spacing, and all this try to, try, to try to argue. See, see, it's Yeshua. And it's like, you know what? Just, that's just not the deal breaker. You know, that you, you have guys that use the same kind of calculations of the Torah, even much more complex, to justify their belief in Schneerson. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, to me, it's like losing your salt. It's like being trampled. There's nothing left but to be trampled, uh, you know, trampled under the feet of men. Um, you can't have rabbinic literature be divinely inspired, and have the apostolic writings, the gospels, divinely inspired. You can't have you can't have them both, because the Talmud. Not only do we see the ones. What we looked at, but there's times where it mocks, it mocks the gospels at times. Where uh, and and there's times where it says, "Don't read any outside books." The hitsonim, you can't, you can't save the books of the minim, right? Either there's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. You you would not be able to do both. You can't have it both ways. Uh, Anyway. Contrary to what many Messianics tell you. So anybody out there, here's the challenge. Anybody out there who defends Matthew 23, uh, the first couple verses there, as, as endorsing rabbinic oral tradition, I would like them to explain why we find people called rabbis in the Messianic movement. Trust me, I'm a Canadian here.
1: Agreed. All right, brother. You good?
0: Yeah. This just... it. Uh. Oh, what do you do? What are you going to (laughs) do?
1: All right. Hey, uh, you're going to find this new... Oh, man. See, that that is just annoying. Uh, You're going to find this new uh, Rob and Caleb show video, not on YouTube, as a whole program. You're going to find it on Vimeo. Vimeo.com backslash tour resource that's our new Vimeo page go to our Vimeo page to find all of our uh, all of our videos that will be uploaded Michelley is going to be on there all of our devotionals are going to be on there the Robin Caleb show is going to be on there teachings will be on there and the nice thing about Vimeo is that we're going to be able to do videos on demand uh, so you'll be able to you'll be able to do direct downloads of our videos. Wherever you are, once we start getting them up there, so give us be a little bit patient with us, but uh, you'll start seeing those kind of things up there. Uh, and I, I hope oh wrong one. I hope that the, uh, I hope that what you got from this show today was that uh, not that we should hate the Talmud or the Mishnah or that we shouldn't read it, rather that uh, these books should just not be seen as divinely authoritative because they're not. What they should be seen for is the wonderful history and the belief of the Jewish people, of some of the Jewish people, rather, through history, and uh, sometimes wonderful expositions on biblical texts. That's what we should do. That's what we should see them for. What we should uh, also remember is that uh, these do not talk very well about our Messiah, but we want to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah.